Magic Without Fears Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. <clears throat> All right. How do I... So yes, we're, we're, uh, we're here to have a special segment on the wonderful and fabulous world of ghost hunting yes. is that correct yeah all right so let's let's start at the beginning okay i, I ain't afraid of no ghost yeah and, and you know what i used to not be either and then that kind of developed over time for some reason <laughs> for some reason could it have anything yeah. to do with uh ghosts you know, um, I, I I will go into detail about that. I'll save it for a little bit later, but uh, I will preface it with this, that there was this one house in particular that we think there was something bad there. And I'll talk more into that later on as it comes along. Mm. <laughs> so how did it start? How did a, how did a kid from uh, Texas get into ghost hunting? Yeah, um, so this was way back when... Um, I was already done with college, never graduated. I was just done, right? Um, and what was that show? It was called, I think it was just called Ghost Hunters by TAPS, yeah. what the name of that group was. And so they were on TV. They were pretty popular. Everyone was talking about it. And I was just curious. So I, I Googled it or Yahoo, whatever it was back in the day, and searched for my hometown, Corpus Christi, Texas, search for Corpus Christi, ghost hunters and uh one of the first couple of hits was a ghost hunting group called corpus christi spook central um i hit him up in an email and said uh hey so i saw that you guys are ghost hunting i'm kind of interested like can we meet up and talk about it and so they invited me to a couple of their meetings um and then they invited me to one of their investigations finally and so that's how it started. Um, my first investigation was a house in Kingsville, Texas. Uh, the homeowners reported that things would fly off walls. Like if they were in a bathroom, can you imagine this? They're sitting down in the bathroom, you know, doing their business, and then something from across the bathroom flies off and hits them. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine it. I've never seen. I've never seen that. So 
So I know a lot of people describe it to me like it's nothing, but I haven't seen that. I've seen wondrous things, but not that. Yeah. And so I, you know, being young and a little bit um, adventurous decided that, okay, well, I'm going to sit in this bathroom by myself with the lights off, door closed, and I'm going to wait for this thing to fly off the wall and hit me. And it didn't, nothing happened. (laughs) And uh, the night went on and we didn't get anything, nothing happened. And that is the actual truth when it comes to ghost hunting is majority of the time in my experience, nothing happens. Um, You'll be there overnight for who knows, like four hours, middle of the night, just kind of sitting around in silence and darkness, waiting that you'll hear something, you get some kind of responses or questions you're asking. And more often than not, nothing happens. And so for those of you who are big fans of the ghost hunting channels and TV shows and YouTube channels, I don't know, like sometimes things seem to happen far too often than what I've experienced after about five years of doing it. So who knows? I've always been kind of the skeptical person. So what, uh, so what, so what would you have brought? What, what, do you remember what the tools or implements you brought with uh, to your yeah. first hunt like tell me what what would what would i put in my backpack if i was going ghost hunting uh yes the non-magician way yeah yeah okay so uh there's the emf reader um it's supposed to detect the electromagnetic fields of the area um it's usually got some lights that range from green to red and um it picks up on currents like electricity currents as well so you're going to want to check around first if you're starting to if it's starting to light up on you make some little beeping noises check your surroundings are you next to an outlet um a light fixture some exposed wires or something um that's causing it and if you've ruled that out then then maybe there's something strange happening there but you know i'll be honest with you sometimes i i wonder if do we use these these devices because it makes it turns on by itself periodically, or do we really understand the science behind it? Um, you know, do do spirits or ghosts, for whatever reasons, create some kind of weird electromagnetic readings? Like, I don't know. I I didn't dive into the science part of it. Um, aside from mm-hmm. that, you've got your recorders. Um, you know, tape cassette recorders, you leave them out and around, just let it record. And then when you get some free time afterwards, you rewind and hope you got something strange, some kind of weird noise or a voice, um, things like that. And um, those are pretty much the two main ones. If you've got the budget for it, if you've got some kind of infrared cameras to leave around and let it record for a bit, those are good too. I'd say those are pretty much the standard ones. But you're not bringing uh, crystal balls or black mirrors to scry no. the spirits in the air. <laughs> no. Um, that couldn't, don't you think that could maybe make it yeah. faster to then go like center in on them? Like, yeah. So I know the people who do uh, Hellier, they, uh, uh, the lady's a hedge witch and she does tarot readings. But I think you could, you could uh, do more than just tarot readings to get like some, some insight. I don't know. Anyway, it's very interesting. Continue, please. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know what, I agree. I think doing some kind of um, spiritual practice, uh, especially if you are able to draw in energy and expend energy, maybe to try to like give it to 
um, if there's maybe any sort of spirits or entities. It, <clears throat> the theory is that um, for them to do some kind of an action or response or a sound or a voice, um, they need the energy to do it. So sometimes you'll hear of ghost hunters saying, you know, please take my energy if you need it to manifest or to do whatever. Um, I don't know if that's the wisest thing to do. <laughs> Maybe try to, if you are capable of doing it, pulling the energy from your surroundings and then give that to, you know, whatever might be around, who knows. Um, so there's the, the thing about paranormal investigating and ghost hunting is that they're really, really heavy on the science part of it because they want proof. And to a lot of these um, organizations and people, um, proof is in the science and it's in the recordings and the audio and the video and uh, the experiences of it. So if you start bringing in more of the spiritual side of things like uh, the psychics, terror readers, those sort of things are a little bit harder in their opinion to, to have documented proof about. Um, so they tend to try to draw that line of, oh, okay, are you a psychic that, okay, you know what, maybe, maybe sit this one out or, or we'll call you in afterwards to see if you pick up on anything. But um, to a lot of these organizations, if you start bringing in personal experiences of like spiritual, I, you know, I feel that there's someone here, then to them that warrants throwing out all the evidence because now it may be mumbo jumbo, you know? Yeah, they're still looking for uh, some sort of recording of a two-way conversation to be scientifically captured, right? That's sort of, they have like, it's possible. I think they have voices and uh, sounds from the other side, but they've never achieved any kind of two-way recording, you know, where like a cassette yes. tape is answering you back or a blank we cassette have. tape is answering you back, right? We have actually. Um, so, uh, Well, that's do fascinating. You know, Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what a parabolic mic is? Of course. I've done sound engineering for the last 15 years with my band. <laughs> nice. So basically... I understand uh, sound and mics. Nice. So um, the cheapest thing is sort of like a kid's toy to where it's a little radar gun looking thing. Um, you connect headphones to it and it lets you hear at a distance, um, kind of pick up sound from a crossover. So you could be like, oh, I'm spying on my neighbor to hear what they're arguing about if you want to be the creeper like that. Um, but essentially uh, what we found out is with the tape recordings um, with the EVPs, normally you have to let it sit, record, and then later on rewind to see if you got anything. But with a parabolic mic, you're able to hear those voices as soon as they come in um, with headphones. So if that happens, um, then it gives you the opportunity to respond and then see if it responds again. Um, and mm -hmm. that one house I was mentioning earlier where things got real heavy, that was happening there at that house. Um, that, that would be intense yeah. and maybe terrifying. It was. So what kind yeah. of people were you working with when you started doing this and did your first house? Were they, were they all science people or, or were they new age or stoners? No. No, completely science people. Um, great. It was uh, run by a family. Uh, great, great people. They uh, were, uh, I, I don't know what the best way to put it. I guess 
like a uh, police family, if that makes sense. The the father was a sheriff. Uh, he wasn't really there very much often. It was the the wife who was running it and her son, um, who he does a lot of like mechanic work and stuff. So definitely more on the science side of things. Um, they used to, I think at one point, demonology started coming into play to where it was showing up on like TV and stuff. So. I had considered getting into demonology and I started flipping through some pages and books. And then I thought, hmm, I better not. So I had, I left that alone for a long while. Hmm, poor demons. I'm right. sure they would have had so much fun with you. <laughs> and they may have, uh, according to, again, I'm going to tease it, that one house that we were in. Who knows what was there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think there's a, a big opportunity for mixing the two. And, and obviously that's something that I think a lot of us want just in general, um, mixing the metaphysics with the, with science, with the esoteric and, and spirituality. Um, I know there's a lot of attempts to it and I think it's still, it's a little bit hard to, to prove in a document and then especially to make it, um, to appease those hardcore science people who are like, nope, 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 it's not real. Don't care what you have to say. It absolutely is not real, 100%, you know, so. Mm. So. How long did you, you do it? How did you do uh, the houses for? How, like, how many years? Five. I, I was a part five, of that group for five, five years. Five years. Wow, yeah. that's a lot of late nights, eh? Yes, and it was. Um, October's were our busiest year. <laughs> um because exactly. we would do uh ghost tours in in our hometown in corpus there's a park called heritage park and they it's a it's a whole park they have a bunch of old houses that have been restored and also furnished to fit that time period of whenever you know the, the people live in that home um and so people could <clears throat> go in and there's some businesses in some of those homes but otherwise you can go in and kind of see what the decor looked like for that time period. And we were getting evidence in those homes. So the um, the park owners, and I think it was also the city, used to let us do ghost tours there. And um, we would take them in groups to the different homes and let them sit there and see if they got any evidence or if they heard anything strange and stuff. Um, and yeah, we used to get some pretty good evidence there. So that was about every weekend we would do a ghost tour and then at some point in the weekend we would also go and do an investigation and we would travel a lot um within texas mostly mm. can uh, you tell me a, a ghost story from corpus christi yeah um so i wasn't part of this investigation but there is a, a family home and as a matter of fact, uh, the group came out on the Discovery Channel for this investigation. Um, I was there when they filmed it, but I wasn't in the episode because I wasn't there for the investigation. But there was, and let's see if I recall correctly, because my memory is really bad. The, uh, the daughter, I want to say she was a teenager, maybe like younger teens, preteens or teenager. There is a lot of activity happening surrounding her. Um, and when they were investigating in her bedroom, the door had like slammed shut and then they couldn't get it open. And um, I think she had to crawl through like the, the air vent on the floor or something like that. 
um, if I recall correctly, and, and I wish I could remember the name of that episode, but I just know it was a part of a Discovery Channel, like paranormal investigation sort of thing. Um, but trying to think in Corpus, one of there's also a um, a restaurant called Blackbeard's Restaurant. It's nearby the Lexington um, huge sort of a battleship, uh, I think it was. And this restaurant, they've had a couple of people, either they were regulars or employees who had like passed away over the years. We did an investigation there and we were getting a lot of strange things happening. Um, to reiterate, I'm a bit of a skeptic. It takes me a while before I will just come to terms and say, okay, this is out of the ordinary. This is not normal. This is paranormal, right? Um, and in that restaurant, yeah, there was more than enough experiences where I was like, okay, this is weird. Um, in one case, we were sitting there in the dark at night and behind the bar, we heard a glass just shatter into pieces. We could hear it. Um, we even got it on video and the audio where you could hear a glass shattering. And we looked all over and we didn't see anything broken. We didn't even see any of the glasses with the crack in it. So we have no idea where that came from. Um, at one point, I have the, uh, the headphones on, the parabolic mic, and I could hear footsteps walking from the room next to us, but none of us were in that room. We were all seated, seating, sitting down by the bar. And in a video, you can see me looking over to that room. And then on camera, we see some kind of form which it appears like it's walking in that room from one side to the other side. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is like, maybe it was a car driving by and it was the lights shining through, but there was multiple cars going by that exact same direction that night. And it only happened at one time. Like, so nah, the, definitely think that was some kind of an apparition of sorts. Um, yeah, it certainly seems to track with me, you know? Like, yeah. We Spirits also physically got, are, are generally subtle, not like, you know, chiseled Thors in, in yeah, the flesh, right? Yeah, and, and there's, uh, you know what, this is unfortunate to say, I have never once seen an apparition mm. with my own eyes. Um, I might have saw something once camping in Northern California. I, I could have sworn I saw in the nighttime a, a pair of black legs walking on on the road and and just just a pair of black legs and i mentioned it to um someone there as well and, and he confirmed that he saw it as well um and then again still the skeptic in me is like mm, i don't know maybe it was my eyes playing tricks or something but could have sworn i saw a pair of black legs walking <laughs> uh, so yeah but when i was investigating i never once saw an apparition i was actually their tech guy so i was in the locations by myself a lot of the times in the beginning and at the end of the investigation i was setting up the equipment with the dvr systems the um infrared cameras the monitors running the wires and such and then at the end of it i was breaking it down so in one of the homes at the heritage park in corpus um, while i was breaking down everything investigation was over the rest of the group come barging into the house i'm in and they're all excited they're all elevated and they're saying, David, David, we saw a apparition. We, we all saw it. And they explained that in one of the homes, in one of the windows, there was a little girl wearing a red dress 
with um, pigtails and bows in her hair. And she was kind of swaying back and forth like she was listening to music and kind of just like dancing to it. And as they were looking at her, they thought like, hey, whose kid is this? Like, is there someone working late in this home and their kids here? And then she just vanished in front of them, like while watching. So uh, of course, yeah, I was already terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, more so than that, I was pretty peeved because I was like, man, of course, like, I'm not around for that. Like, all of y'all saw it. Good. Great for y'all. I'm happy for y'all. <laughs> I mean, they didn't film it. They could be fucking with you. Be like, hey, he went away. Let's pretend we saw something in the rest of his life. He'll be on podcasts, on TV and torturing <laughs> himself that he missed it. Yeah, no, completely agree that those are things that, that I consider. Um, I'm just telling you what I would do if I was there. <laughs> well, you know, there was this one time we were doing a uh, cemetery at night and it was um, in Texas. I'm sure it's the same way in a lot of other places, but who knows? In Texas, there's um, a lot of little towns in between the bigger towns. And even in between the little towns, there's just like cemeteries off the side of the road. Um, and so we were into one of those cemeteries off the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. And um, at one point, I heard what sounded like someone yelling, get out, like right behind my ear. And I turned around and there was no one there. But then a little while later, I saw some of the other people a little bit of a distance away, kind of like giggling and laughing. And so I was like, are y'all messing with me? And they're like, no, no, we're not. But who knows? Like now I don't know because I heard that, but maybe it was them that just yelled and projected their voice or something. I don't know. Um, but if anything, if I wasn't that good at seeing things, I was pretty good about hearing things. I used I had a lot of times where I would hear um, voices um, or words and and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I can I can relate to you on that. I mean, it's one of the reasons we do uh, all the ritual work we do is so we cannot hear and be, you know. And be in touch with those worlds like you know it's a lot of it's about shutting shutting down and controlling it so yeah uh talk to me a little bit about that so is that something that you try to control so that you're able to turn it on and off at will or is it more so yeah. just to like just to shut it off completely no it's just like a muscle and you can flex it or not mm-hmm Okay. Yeah, Whereas when I... you're building, when you're building it, it's a lot harder to control uh, as whenever you're building the muscle because you're pushing the limits of it all the time. So, so that it gets, you know, bigger, you know, more defined and more, more reactive when you flex it. And, you know, of course, if you don't exercise it, it dwindles at a relative pace and then you, you know, build it up again. But yeah, you want to be able to control it's undeveloped and it's hard to control because either it's really there or it's over really developed and you, you just don't know your own strength so either way you want to be able to yeah choose make the decision and then you know when you want to extend your senses greatly or or you know affect manifestation then of course we do all the other we do all the rituals we banish we invoke we do middle pillar and practice tantra or whatever it also takes to raise the serpent you know yeah and bring bring down a lightning flash <laughs> so that's the process um yeah yeah and, you know you must learn control 
<laughs> I, I kind of think that people who do paranormal investigations, if you're doing it for long enough, I think innately over time, you start developing a little bit more of a heightened sense over time. Um, and because you're sitting there, you're in the dark, you're, you're actively trying to hear, um, you're trying to see things. Um, and who knows, I mean, do you, what do you think? Is that something that you think would um, stretch that muscle? Well, I don't, it, it seems to me less important because it's so you know doable to actually hear and see and touch and experience the spirit world it's not actually that hard if any human being wants to sit down and develop it um to me it seems that the ghost hunting world is better served with the scientific collection of that data so the question isn't what can you guys hear and see in the in the night it's what can you capture and how how verified can that capturing of the data be right so that's yeah. that's the main concern with ghost hunting right scientific yeah, definitely and then especially if if you can capture yourself saying like hey i just heard something it sounded like someone said blah 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 and then in the actual recording it did sound like someone said that um, oh yeah. yeah yeah that's pretty dope um there's a home as well in that heritage park that's been we've been on the news stations. I don't know how many times um, and on the radio stations there talking about it because there's an EVP we captured to where um, there's been reports of seeing a spirit of a little boy in one of the rooms in there. And on this investigation, um, Monty, he's the one of the, the owners of, of, the, of the founders of that group, Corpus Christi Spook Central. Um, you can hear him in the recording say, hey, I brought a ball, it's a gift for you. And right after he says that, clear as day, very loud, you hear what sounds like a child say, liar. Um, mm. <laughs> um, so that one, I mean, it obviously grew a lot of attention. And um, I mean- Yeah, interesting. I was, I'm only starting to pay more attention to this stuff. I mean, I always loved the, uh, the, the mock, the spoof of the, ghost hunters that they had in supernatural yes was it? the ghost facers ghost, yes. ghost facers <laughs> and i think the ghost facers even got their own show really <laughs> yeah for a while i i, I think i might have seen the first episode if they did it yeah which is crazy um but yeah i, I i've and and paying attention to hellier after because marco visconti thought I, I i'd like it um it's and he's starting to cross over a bit more with the paranormal stuff with his avalon con which uh there's still tickets for for yeah shout out to avalon con 30 quid for uh damien eccles and dot darling and all these other amazing people phil hein my favorite chaos magician writer yeah he i would love to have been able to go over to avalon and, and hang out with him damn but of it right okay so back on track yeah. where are <laughs> we um so i i hellier is very cool and uh and I'm looking at more of the ghost stuff because it is interesting and it would be really cool to get more evidence, but I guess I don't even know the evidence that's there. It's a little tricky. Like when you got the aliens happening these days and all of these other things to, to that, that are getting like UFOs and to, to verify all of these things and, and really uh, investigate them all. I bet for most people, it's overwhelming, just a surplus of information that, that that's why it's easy to discount to a point. Oh, definitely, for sure, because mostly I would say it's all theories. Um, 
and there's a lot of good theories out there. There's some theories that are just like, oh, I don't know, man, like swing and a miss, but who knows um, until I guess science can start catching up a little bit further. And even at that point, I don't know, do we really want science to have an explanation for everything at some point? Um, well, I, I would like us, it's not about science as this entity having mm -hmm. an explanation. It's about humans having a, an explanation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All of these things are are uh, just tools that we've created to grasp and understand. So, yeah, yeah. Did you did you no notice the crazy story about? Um, well, I can tell that another time. You were going to say something. Oh no no no! Go ahead. Okay, so I did. I checked out this thing about this Vancouver girl on Netflix who was who went who vanished at the Cecil in in Los Angeles I think it's called the Cecil or something like that and I think it's the same hotel in LA the murder hotel that was featured in uh yeah. the, the the series um not Rocky Horror Picture Show American Horror Show American Horror Show um, oh I haven't that's, seen that's, that show that, that's that's I've seen way too much of it and I'm not a horror person but but I bucked up and really it's a trip there's a couple seasons I haven't seen but I think the Cecil is this famously haunted horrific hotel in LA and so this Vancouver girl went missing there not a few years just a few years ago and I don't have to spoil the plot but you was know, she the one I in the elevator most, yeah that yeah, that yeah yeah so so here's here's what I noticed in I in watching it and I always I always watch and read in a very careful way so I I think because like I'm looking for the things that stand out I tend to always I have Mars conjunct Mercury so I tend to look mm -hmm. for problems and uh and hopefully I, the things that stood out that they they raised they raised two questions in in the conclusion of that tale that that they didn't even pursue they mentioned them like oh that's weird but they didn't pursue it and those were the two things that to me asked for pursuing the most and i found that fascinating so the girl did two there's two things about that story that are completely unanswered and fucked up as all hell so she bought, went to the bookstore, right? Bought this book, mm -hmm. and and then a guy or two dropped it off at the hotel, right? But when people searched uh, for the at the website of that bookstore, they they found the owner, uh, like they've got coordinates for the owner's GPS, and they searched it, and it was in right near me in Burnaby. Vancouver near her family's restaurant in at her gravestone what yeah what uh, what the hell we are okay. I'm a little and, confused so yeah GPS so the, she, did she what? went to LA went went and bought a book at this famous bookstore had uh -huh. it delivered to the hotel and when a few you know when they dug deep on it the hotel's website was owned by an address and that address is where she was then later buried in burnaby british bank next to vancouver british columbia just like you know, that, that's where that's where i was like you know that's just 10 10 minutes from here mm -hmm. yeah like i used to live down the street from it so why is the po the bookstore's url address registered to the canadian address of her graves graveyard oh man i don't know what okay and here's the second part of that her family, she was a uh, first generation from China. 
her family owns a, a, a thing. I'm still, I'm going to go to the restaurant actually and eat. And then I'm going to go to the gravestone and do automatic writing. Okay. Um, but here's the other thing. So at the, at, right after she w- went missing, uh, there was an outbreak of this, uh, fuck, what disease? Uh, pneumonia, I think it was an outbreak of pneumonia. The whole hotel had to get like, you know, it was a, close to, to a pandemic, I guess. It was like crazy level outbreak. And they brought in all this testing from developed by the university of british columbia and the test they gave everybody was her name oh missing girl's name full name her full name for last name first and they were and they were asked and like what a strange that was just that's a strange coincidence like what that's not a strange coincidence that's a i don't know yeah, that's so something probably way bigger. Like, is you know, I'm not saying she was a carrier of this disease experimentally given to her at the UBC lab where she did go uh, into my alma mater, right? And so she, you know, I'm not saying some Chinese agents infected her with the disease to take to LA to this hotel. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that 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 it's crazy. The with between the the bookstore URL address and the test being done on everyone just in that hotel being her name that's just super that's unanswered and it's super crazy weird so you know that hotel um like isn't that that shocking yeah and and there's been a lot of things related to that hotel like disappearances mysterious murders um yeah there was even another netflix show about uh something serial killers some some la serial killer guy and yeah, he yeah. was reported to have been staying at that hotel too. So Top that floor, leave, he'd walk up covered in blood up to all the yeah. stairs in his underwear every night. Crazy. So first thing that comes to my mind is like, oh, well, this is a hotel that accepts anyone of dubious intent to like, maybe the, maybe they're known for it. Like, oh, hey, you need to lay low. Oh, for they are. Yeah, yeah, it's famous for that. It's famous for that. See, it's, like. It's then, established. It's reputation is long established. Yeah. And I don't know, that, that to me, I mean, obviously, I'm sure, you know, there's going to need be a need for evidence. And I would assume that little outbreak that happened was just an attempt to clean up um, and, I don't know, destroy any evidence, depending on how soon after her disappearance was with that. Yeah, outbreak. like, I don't even think that's what it is. I think it's something far more crazy than we can even imagine. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I think it's something super outlandish, um, but I don't know what. And I, I, I don't like really want to know what, because if it's no, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anything supernatural um, because, and the reason I don't is because of the, those two pieces of, of evidence that are just too absurd. Like they speak to conspiracy they, yeah. that there's some larger planet play and why not? Like the media and like the right, the, us normal people, we encounter these uh, sort of glitches in, in the, government narratives here and there when crimes happen and and they can't ignore it right Mm -hmm. and so sometimes those we we catch just little pieces of much bigger things going on that we you know we probably don't want to know about because like seriously it's not safe to even know about them yeah fair (laughs) um so yeah i mean just imagine i don't know locations like that and what kind of I, I i don't know if they would ever allow this but if a ghost hunting group would be allowed to go to that location to try to gather evidence 
um, that was probably that would probably be the dream of a lot of uh, ghost hunter groups to go there and investigate with all the murders oh. that's been happening there. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who would. Yeah. It's a certain kind of person ghost hunting. So I mentioned you on the podcast yesterday that I did a very short podcast with this yeah, other guy, Lay Loken Zawan. Did you pre you, you still uh you you've only watched the first uh four hours <laughs> yeah i've still got like another hour to go no I'm... but yeah no i mentioned i mentioned your uh your dungeons and dragons game that's on twitch that people that i watched that you sent me like to that was fun to watch it's actually quite well done thank um, you is that something you want to tell people do you want to send people sure. to watch your dungeons and dragons game on twitch so tell yeah. us about that because it's yeah it is for quite sure. well done like if people like the critical role stuff or any of that style it's it's uh i was intrigued uh, uh, yeah so yeah what is it yeah yeah for sure let's so talk dungeons and dragons dope okay um yeah so on twitch the channel is called knights of silver moon um silver moon is one word and we so i joined this group um pretty much after covid had started when all the shutdowns they were a group that would meet in person. And then in order to keep the game going, they went on Twitch. Um, so they videoed with each other. And then me and one other person ended up, or me and two other, we ended up joining their group um, shortly after. And then since then, um, it started to grow in size. And I think we're getting close. It's still fairly, fairly small and humble for now. Um, but we're, we've been growing pretty steadily. Now we're at an average of about 20 viewers uh, a day. We stream every Tuesday at around uh, 7 p.m. Central Time. So if you guys want to check it out, um, we we all love to role play. So we are mostly role play heavy. But once the battles start, oh, yeah, we have a ton of fun with the battle, too. Um, so we'll do voices. Um, our DM, Aaron, is really awesome at that. He has a lot of music that sets the tone. Um, he has different yeah. sound effects for the voices. He's uh, got pads. Yeah. And uh, even sometimes he'll change like his eyes if he's, uh, I don't know how he does that. I'm sure it's a video thing that he pays for. I don't know, but it's still pretty cool. It always trips me out when he does it. I'm like, Ugh. like, how did you are do you that? Sure, are you sure that you're, it's not just that D&D &D worships the devil and that you are oh right playing playing a game with satan in person yeah yeah exactly that would explain the eyes as well yeah every time you roll the dice there's a minor demon that gets released somewhere <laughs> every time a 20s roll uh, a demon gets, demon gets his, his wings gets released yeah <laughs> that's brilliant satan um, loves you yeah 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 so I yeah I definitely if anyone can come out and if you're interested in D and D come check us out um, give us a follow and uh, see. Did if you, you tell enjoy it. people the address? Yeah, it's uh, Knights of Silvermoon. All right, we'll link and, it somewhere. Yeah, you know what's the funniest thing is now I'm starting to second guess myself, and so I'm looking it up real quick that I'm not lying to everyone. Do you find do you find that the filming or st live streaming, which is what you crazy Twitchers do? Oh, I like that <laughs> I can call you Twitchers. That's Twitchers. better. Twitchers, yeah. yeah. Um, Knights of Silver do you, Moon. Does it do it? Does word. it? Knights of Silver Moon, all one word. Does it affect your role playing, knowing that you're being streamed? 
Um, you know, I can't speak for everyone else, but for me, if anything, I might try to ham it up a little bit. Um, I, mm. but again, I, I've been kind of used to being on video too. I've actually, and I didn't even mention this. I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but for the ghost hunting, I've actually been on the, the travel channel on one episode too. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I got episode? It was a series called uh, America's Most Terrifying, I believe. And uh, I got this, I don't even have a copy of it myself. I think I need to go to Amazon to buy it or something. Um, we investigated a, it was a small town in Texas called Goliad, Goliad, Texas. And it's a location of a, it's like a fort or a mission. And it was during the, if I'm not mistaken, and please forgive me, I, I'm terrible at history with dates and names. So I'm, I'm probably completely wrong with this, but if I'm not mistaken, it's the American-Mexican War. And um, the Texan forces were there stationed and then um, the Mexican forces um, were winning the battle. So they had promised the people there at the fort that if they surrendered, they would be allowed to live. So that was a big fat lie. And after they surrendered, they massacred them all. And then they even dropped a dead horse in the well to poison the water. Um, That's not cool. Yeah. And so there's a few graves on site, but a lot of them are unmarked and, and they're just around. But okay. they, yeah, so it's kind of like a museum. You can go there, um, take photos. There's like a gift shop and there's some history of it. Um, it's pretty cool. I recommend it. Um, they also have a living quarters to where there's like a living room, some beds, um, couches, a kitchen. You can stay the night there. And that's what we would do. We would go there, stay the night and get evidence. Um, some pretty, pretty fascinating, interesting stuff would happen there. Um, want me to go into it? Yeah. Tell me about it. Okay. So I'm just plugging in my phone. So if the battery doesn't die on us. Yeah, no problem. Ghost hunters. If you okay, if you had a ghost hunter show name, or if you were like uh, ghost hunter dude, what would your ghost show name be? Oh man, Not ghost, I, you can't be ghost facers. But what's right. what, what's what could come close? Don't leave it up to me because I'm gonna make it ghost, stupid. Ghost sniffer. No, I would do something like um, it's a new technology that smells ghosts. <laughs> no, I would name it something stupid like ghosts and hugs. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're adorable. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, because hey, there's a ghost here. Like that super sucks. Why don't we do something to try to help them move on instead of um, profit off of them? Like, what are we doing here, people? <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's hug hug your nearest ghost. They they need all the hugs. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> So at this location, um, we would hear bootsteps walking around a lot um, around the outside perimeter. Um, one time we, when uh, Margaret, she's another founder of the group, she was outside and we could hear her um, yelling at someone and we thought she was really upset, like really laying on someone for screwing up or something. I don't know what, um, but we can hear her yelling and um, was upset. And then she came back in and we said, hey, like, is everything okay? Like what happened? Like, damn, we were even 
like oh shit she's mad at someone like crap <laughs> right um and she came back in and was like uh i don't know what you're talking about i didn't hear i wasn't yelling um i wasn't on the phone i was just smoking and um she was outside didn't hear anyone yelling but we all heard it we it sounded like it was her and she was cussing someone out yelling at someone um but it wasn't her and um one time while it's i was be a just pain leaving. in the ass to live in a haunted house right yeah and well i guess it depends um if it's something that's pretty active and i guess it depends on how annoying or friendly or scary it could be i guess it depends like i would assume that yeah, most would be i need my sleep i can't have yeah. like pounding waking me up every four hours you right? know or like, <laughs> like you know how some it's not homes, practical <laughs> you know how some homes for whatever reason a light switch come controls like an outlet um so if you have things yeah. plugged in imagine you're yes like, i've been in a house yes <laughs> imagine <laughs> that you have your whole tv set up you're watching your favorite show and then it just decides to like flip the switch and now your power goes off on on the tv and such like like oh yeah. darn you ghost <laughs> you raise your fist in the air in frustration i mean if you can track and videotape um uh technological mis malfunction and so many magicians report that being common in in mm -hmm. ritual work you'd think there'd be a good opportunity there to study that yeah who wants to run that if they're not already like let us know i want to yeah have you have you heard of anything like that because that makes sense right like if, yeah. if a high if a group of people have a disproportionately high report of these things happening maybe with that's worth documenting well and you know um i remember hearing about this and, and you let me know because i think you have far more experience um than i do uh Playing supposedly D &D. doing Oh yeah, that too. But hey, well, I mean, I've been playing D and D for many years too. <laughs> um, no, I was joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've heard that sometimes doing magic work, ritual work, um, I guess being magicians in general, depending on what you're doing, can it cause um, uh, equipment or uh, machinery to malfunction around you, like electronics and batteries draining and stuff like that? I mean, have you heard anything of that happening? And now. A word from our sponsors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or six dollars a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. No, because magicians generally don't let that stuff be around them. Okay. Um, well, but, what I mean is, like, they themselves uh, so that's what I'm are curious. the cause of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's frustrating, especially if you're trying to record something. In the book like, series... I, I've, I... Had four de- I've, had, I've had four devices lined up and all, like, no technical reason like uh you know four redundancies and they've all failed yeah that's why i'm like gonna get another micro cassette recorder like get it on tape or something so i don't know it's 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 fascinating it just fascinates me you know what i you know what i mean like uh, it doesn't it doesn't really impact my spiritual practice those Mm -hmm. what i learned what i learned from these other areas but they're still very interesting and i think you can still get insights from them like just the experience that we were talking about before we decided to do this um about astral travel in my early diaries like seeing something my classmate being in the same room in a dream but seeing me and asking me about being there the next day even though i was it was i was astral traveling consciously i don't know why i didn't think that was more shocking proof at the time but right i just took it for granted that of course that was the case but it's very surprising you know and uh, and it, it speaks to like the, you know if if you can if you can like verifiably astral travel into someone's dream while you're awake and they're asleep and they'll remember it if you can do that <laughs> and you can which is crazy I it's fucking crazy right it is crazy um, yeah and if but you can there's, get there's, that a, there's that's good. not a far removed from ghost land I don't think Agreed. you know so a lot of what we learn in about ghosts could be applied to investigating maybe this other liminal area of study which is astral traveling into people's dreams and you know shit like that and amazing yeah. amazing fertile ground to be explored in a in a unified sort of transdisciplinary way interdisciplinary way not just with one form of of study and technique but using ones from other fields like ghost hunting Agreed. And you know what? There are so many theories out there. Um, pick one for a little while. See if there's any way to test it. Um, there's the theory that uh, ghosts are somewhat of a recording in time, but maybe not even necessarily the past. It could be uh, influence from some someone in the future that is you know, who knows this realm? Are they limited to just the past or is it a realm where all time is connected in some form or fashion um and then like you mentioned before and i had mentioned it before too in our in our conversation prior to this uh wonderful idea to have a podcast episode (laughs) um i had a dream that i saw my uncle and he was very sickly looking skin and bones um he was wearing a hospital gown and I saw him in my living room at my parents' house while I was staying there and in my dream. So um, the next morning I asked my mom, like, hey, have you heard from, from him? Like, is he okay? And she's like, yeah, he's fine. I just spoke with him. 
Well, about a year later, uh, we found out that he had bone cancer and he didn't tell anybody. He didn't want the family to worry. He didn't want the family to stress over him. Um, mm. I wish he did, but he was that type of man. And so by the time we all found out, it was already time for him to be in hospice. And when I saw him there in hospice, he looked exactly how I remembered in that dream. Um, and this kind of ties a little bit back into um, the whole paranormal and ghost hunting thing. One of the interesting things is that over time, I feel like you develop a little bit of a spidey sense, what we call it, um, when there might be something there in a home or a room or wherever you're in, when it just feels like the atmosphere is dense, like it just feels heavy. There's some pressure. Yeah on your head and your shoulders and, and on your face, right? Um, I felt that as soon as I walked into that hospice and it was like, oh, like, there it is. <laughs> and um, while I was there with my uncle, um, my family, we have a pretty big family, they were there and obviously they're, they're with him. There's a lot of emotions, but there's also a lot of side chatter going on. And it was bugging me a little bit. I was telling them that, hey guys, like he can still hear you. Like, why don't we, have these conversations outside of the room if you're going to just chit chat um so i'm there spending time with my uncle and then i felt it that that feeling that had never went away since i walked in but it, it grew it got a lot stronger and i knew i knew innately it was time so i went out of the room i went to go talk to my mom and i was like hey like kind of trying to whisper i think you need to get in there she's like okay yeah i'll be in there in a minute i'm like no mom you need to get in there right now and so she came in, everyone came in. And then around that time was right when my grandparents had just showed up. And then, yep, shortly after he, he passed on. Um, and as soon as he did, that feeling just went away, that whole pressure, that denseness. Um, so who knows what that's about? Wow. I don't know. Thanks for that, sharing that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, you know, again, theories. What was that? Was that just spirits nearby? Maybe spending time with them to guide him? Was it what people will say death is, the incarnate form of death or something to where you can feel its presence, it's so heavy? I, I have no idea, it's interesting, but um, yeah. Well, it's um, probably definitely in part his spirit, right? Yeah, maybe. Um, when you're passing through this form onto the next life, and I'm a personal believer that you know, something continues on. I don't, I don't think it's just lights out and that's it. I feel like in for, some form or fashion, your energy moves on to the next realm or plane or whatever you want to call it. Um, and maybe just that passing is a, is a strong sort of energy flux, like who knows, but Hey, you know what, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you saw it, but on Netflix, there's a series called surviving death, if I'm not mistaken. Have you heard of that? Yeah, it's it's on my list to check out at some point. Totally yeah. watch it yeah. if you can. I loved it. Um, it's a mini series, and every it's like a documentary docu series. I think it's called. Um, every episode is related to the theory that life continues on after death, but each episode is a different form of that. Like one of them is related to ghost hunting and talking about their evidence when it comes to spirits. Another one is related to near-death experiences, people who have died for a little while and then came back and what they reported all similar experiences with each other. Um, yeah. Another yeah, no, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm curious, you know, hopefully it's, I, sometimes these things aren't 
done well. So I don't yeah. jump on them too quickly, but I, I usually check them out eventually, you know. Um, Let me know. I like I watched do. I watched uh, uh, Robert Bigelow, the billionaire who like funded Skinwalker Ranch and all of that stuff and is building the domiciles in space. I watched him talk for like uh, hours to Joe Rogan about not just the UFOs, but uh, psychic abilities and mm-hmm. all of this all and, and ghosts and spirits and like ghost hunting and and also. Um, oh gosh uh and yeah the, he has a whole center for the afterlife study and like he he just had a contest end for three essays and it's like half a million for the first essay and then three hundred thousand for the second and two hundred thousand for the third so all of this research being done by some of the best writers in the world are putting out tons of articles essays hoping to win but all of those essays will be available on his afterlife website so that's pretty interesting stuff. Plus watching him trying to convince Joe Rogan that psychic powers are real is always fun. <laughs> he's, he's one of those. Joe's like, not going to have it. Yeah, yeah. That's Joe's just like, the wall. Show me right there. now. He's like, show me, right? You, need, you, gotta, you, you have to show them right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, like, like the dude on Discovery of Witch who's like, I'm a vampire. She's like, you're full of shit. He's like, okay, and walks away. That's when he could have jumped over her head. But instead he gives her a shiny medallion, sends her on like a treasure hunt to verify it when he could just like jumped in the air it's sort of silly right you want to just if you can demonstrate something demonstrate it otherwise you're just talking yeah and i'm you know i guess i'm a little bit half and half on that i if someone says that they can do things i'm like oh sweet i get excited i'm like dope um when when can you show me or or you know that'd be awesome i want to see it and then Otherwise, it's like, oh, okay, well, then I'll take your word for it, but I don't know how much weight that holds, um, especially if I don't know you. <laughs> um, I'm curious. Yeah, like, until we have an actual UFO, we don't know. Maybe they're yeah. transdimensional light forms manifesting temporarily in some, you know, glitch in the simulacra or simulation. <laughs> that could yeah. be that could be it could be more like that just in, in like maybe even in spiritual terms um yeah like why can't the spiritual why does the spiritual world have to work like the tree of life says it does or like you know new ager models or tibetan like any models say it should why can't all these models just be grossly flawed and and the spiritual world and the functions in a way that we would see as maybe technological but at that level of reality they really are the same thing like that that seems like that's more complicated but i think it makes more sense to me so that something like that i agree i mean i feel like and this is just my opinion obviously but i feel like every spiritual belief religion um has got parts of it right um i don't i'm personally the type that doesn't like to go all in on one I would kind of, because then if I do that, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm now I'm curious of what, what are they talking about over there? I kind of want to hear what they're talking about now. Um, and so if there's a way to get everyone to kind of contribute in a nice, fun, safe, friendly, debatable environment, <laughs> which kind of feel like we're getting further and further away from that sometimes. So... Um, I don't know what you're talking about. People are getting along fine in the world. Too, man. Oh, yeah. We just need to all shut up and sit down. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Um, Things will be fine one way or another. 
Agreed. So I, I actually would love to see more collaboration between um, spiritual practices and science as well. And yeah. Especially those people who are knowledgeable um, and smart when it comes to science practices, technology, um, and being open-minded to be like, hey, yeah, let's, 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 ex- let's investigate this. Let's delve deep. Like, let's try to figure this out as opposed to the very much so like, all right, well, prove it, prove it then, prove it. Um, yeah. I think the breakthrough will come as, as, as there's like an intersection of, of science and magic and psychedelics all studied together mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. We might not be using those names for those things by the time that you, we might have to, that might happen like several levels of development beyond where we are now. So we're, we're just, we're still looking into the future of a full AR, like on contacts, right? Like that's the <laughs> shit we're going to be dealing with for a long time. And AI oh, probably I long before, so. you know, and, and that we'll probably see a normal normalization of the study of a practice of magic uh, because it was really just this, a brief puritanical blip in our history where it was not normal. Um, and uh, so the study of magic, this, the practice of, you know, the use of entheogens, psychedelics for entheogens. And and the the science i think we'll see those things come together um eventually just they might yeah they might all even have different names by then like 100 years from now and i think there's been you know obviously major setbacks throughout history from the criminalization of things like that yeah Uh, psychedelics and also with magic history yeah i mean Mm -hmm. yeah uh, magic was pretty much stayed alive and well up until really the the counter-reformation um you know with giordano bruno's like he's the one who came up with the whole universal hexagram eh? it wasn't alistair crowley it's giordano bruno so that's why that's why i try to uh i I incorporated it into my work but i try and let people know that it's not a philemic thing it's a giordano bruno early hermeticism thing Mm -hmm. so one of the things I absolutely love the most that you actually opened my eyes to was the fact that the Catholic Church um, used to use the tarot cards. Like that was a huge eye opener for me. Um, and then within that book, the Meditations on Tarot, um, yeah, written by Anonymous, <laughs> but yeah, Tom Berg, mm-hmm. who was I think they ended up finding out who was he again? Was he a cardinal? he was a he was no no Tom, the guy who wrote it was. Valentin Tomberg, who was a student of Rudolf Steiner's wife, was a Martinist um, and converted to Roman Catholicism and wrote this hermetic theology that's Roman Catholic in, in its view, but uh, incorporates Kabbalah, yogic stuff, like everything. He's an occultist who happened to become a Catholic. That's why even Pope John Paul II had a two hard two volume hardback version on his desk and was a fan of the book apparently and he they were you know they, because they were close to friends hans urs von baltazar the german theologian who was really, really great theologian uh, especially in pastoral theology and he was a cardinal who, who died before he got his robe but uh wrote the forward or afterward to uh. the book met by valentin tomberg because they were all friends and uh yeah, yeah. Hans Urs von Baltzar was the cardinal of the 
congregation basically of like interfaith dialogue or whatever. It was the polar opposite to Cardinal Ratzinger's who became Pope Benedict his, to his renamed Holy Inquisition as the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. So Hans Urs von Balthasar was the polar opposite to Cardinal Ratzinger, Hitler youth guy. Oof. Yeah. But he uh, he passed away, and what well, the work we're left from that um, strain of Catholic uh, clerical life and theology is is meditations on the Tarot, which is really sort of an occult grimoire on on the Tarot, on the spirituality of the Tarot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I am still in the beginnings of that book, but I found it fascinating because um, going through talking about the magician, and then now with uh, where I'm on with this. The, uh, the high priest, high priestess. Um, it's not necessarily talking so much about this is what this card means. It's talking about like the the mysteries of it and the experience of like the spiritual path, and I guess like how to best uh, grow as a spiritual practitioner, a magician maybe. Mm-hmm. Still reading through it, so. Yeah, he 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 uh, takes the same approach as as the Golden Dawn and a lot of other magical orders and uh, f- versions of religions do, which is the idea of theosis or the divinization of the self. This this uh, you know this alchemical language that we use to describe spiritual transformation is is that constant that we see across faiths and and especially within the mystical traditions, which sort of keep it alive. And so that's why you see it emerge there. And uh, that was sort of almost the end of, of that stream within the Catholic Church, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, and there's not much of it left. I mean, you have a few in the Franciscan tradition, but it's, it's definitely sort of at risk in, in Roman Catholic theology. Uh, it just, you know, especially with what the current Pope's doing, just sort of going for all politics. Jesuit style, baby, Jesuit, yeah. <laughs> They See, like so if, them we can, if we can just stop with all the criminalizations of the magic and um, metaphysics, let's let's all just come together and research in you know in harmony and and hugs and. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, Amen. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna throw in hugs there anywhere I can get. That's my favorite thing in the world. Is there anything we should talk about before we go? We we can yes. do a part two to this sometime uh, in the future. So, I've As I learn more it. about ghosts. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I've teased ghosts. it enough, so I need to talk about that experience that was the scary experience. Um, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you I saved don't the best for last, didn't you? I did, I did. Um, all right, so there is a home, which was a little bit of a drive for us. It was in a town called Taft, Taft, Texas. And there is a home there where... Um, I guess I'll just start it off with my first experiences. So we get there. I have to use the restroom. <laughs> so um, the boom, homeowners boom, come boom. out and we're like, hey, hi, nice to meet you. That's great. And yeah, we're here to investigate. That's awesome. Where's your bathroom, please? And <laughs> show me where it was. I went in there. I'm going. Um, it's number one. So I'm standing, doing my business. And right behind me, behind my ear, I start hearing talking again, like whispering. And I'm like, hey, no, no, no. Do that later. And I'm kind of like, shooing them away like i'm busy right now do it later i'm not recording yet um and so i start setting up my equipment and 
before I hit record, I'm looking at my angles of the cameras and making sure I've got the shots I want to get. Uh, and as I'm looking at the camera angle of one of the monitors, I see someone walk into a room. And then I see another person um, walk into the room and start taking pictures. And the flash of the photos um, makes the whole room illuminate and there's no one in there. So I don't know who it was that I saw walk into that room, but it wasn't one of our investigators. Um, and uh -huh. there's just one entrance, no, you know, one way win, one way out. And uh, yeah, so unfortunately I wasn't recording at that time, so. Oh no. Yeah, that happens a lot. Um, so. GoPro strapped to the chest, baby. That's the only way, <laughs> apparently. That's what the kids yeah. are all doing, I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I don't even know if GoPros were a thing back then. They're um, like, it's David's life. Watch me stream going to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, close your eyes and cover your ears for this part, kids. Like, oh, no, that sounds bad. Ah, no. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that is... Uh, See, I had to make us laugh after uh, that, that your scary story. It's, it's uh, I don't know. I, yeah, well, I'm not done with that creepy. story. All right. Okay. Stories, baby. okay, bring it on. I'm not a okay. horror person, but, you know, I, yeah, whatever. I can, I can make it through it. You can? Okay. Um, oh, yeah, it gets much worse, bud. Uh, all right, so we're finally investigating, and we're getting some voices coming through on our EVPs and on the parabolic mic. But the thing is, is we can't get a read on who it is or what it is it, to the point to where we kept on going back to this home on further days, further nights to do more investigations. We were always getting evidence from it. But every time we would get a voice, it was something different. It was like a man or a woman or a little girl or something. It just, it wasn't the same voice. And so I had brought it up to the founder and I said, hey, like, what if it's not all these different spirits that are coming and going in this area? What if it's this one thing that's just lying to us? And she said, hey, that's an interesting theory. Why don't you go ahead and test it? And I was like, well, I mean, do we want to test it? Because what's coming to mind is, is demon, right? That's the thing that people are always afraid of encountering when you're ghost hunting. Oh, it's a demon. It's going to scratch you and it's going to slap you or something. Um, interesting i didn't know that yeah um it's kind of hilarious yeah there's reports of um as a matter of fact i'm just going to give them a shout out because i'm enjoying watching them so far on youtube there's a series called twin paranormal um these young guys there's four of them and i love their approach when they're ghost hunting they they're talking um to whatever's around for a response, but they're talking, they're just talking to them like normal people, instead of what you hear a lot of times of like, hey, show yourself, where are you at, make a noise, like, <laughs> so I appreciate their approach of it, um, it's a little bit more sensitive, I guess, um, hey, also Twin Paranormal, if you hear this, for whatever reason, let me know if you're ever in Texas and want to investigate, I'm totally down, yo, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, yeah, so in one of their episodes, uh, they actually showed it where one of them kind of recoiled in pain and lifted up his shirt and you could see these scratch marks starting to appear like as you're watching it. Um, mm, that's so, not good. Yeah, it, it's pretty fascinating. Again, I, I can't say that that's actually absolutely legit, but it does make you wonder. Um, in any case, in this home, uh, 
I decided to test the theory. And how I decided to do that was um, Monty was using the parabolic mic and he can hear the voices as they're coming in. And we were holding conversations with this thing. We really were um, to where one time it mentioned a member of ours, it mentioned him by name, but he wasn't there for the investigation. And we said, yeah, that's that's one of our members. He's not here. But then it responded with, he's here. And that's when the doorbell rang and he actually showed up because he told us that he had to work and wasn't going to be able to show up. Turns out he got out early and he showed up after all. So that was pretty interesting that it knew its name and it happened to tell us that he was here before he rang the doorbell. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. And so, this is terrifying on every level. Well, not terrifying, <laughs> fascinating. It's wonderful. But okay. like you're, yeah, this is this is this the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's much more. So um, my the way I decided to test this thing was, all right, so I want to see how strong you are. Um, I'm going to say a word and I want to see if you can repeat it. And so I would say a random word like chair or apple. And at the beginning, it wasn't repeating it. And then after a while, um, according to Monty, it started saying the words that I was saying. So it was repeating what I was saying. And I was like, okay, cool. Now say Jesus Christ. And it said, no. <laughs> huh. um, and at that point, that's when things started to feel heavy. That's when things started to get mm -hmm. a little bit real. Um, we were downstairs in the living room um, at this point. I was sitting on a recliner by myself. Everyone else was on the couch opposite of me in the living room. I didn't hear it, but all three of them heard what sounded like a little girl giggle next to them. And then at that moment, everyone in the room, all of us felt an extremely strong urge, like we were about to throw up. Um, so all of them got up, they ran outside, and me trying to be the rational person, skepticism, was saying, okay, I don't actually have to throw up. I'm thinking that I do by association because they're saying they have to. Um, it's just all in my head. And so I'm just sitting there trying to power through it and it's getting stronger and stronger. And it feels like I'm about to make a mess all over myself and on the floor. So I finally had enough. I got up and I thought I was going to run through the door, find the nearest bush and just let, let loose, right? Um, but as soon yeah. as I went through that front door, nothing, it was like, I never had the feeling at all. And that's what everyone else said too. As soon as they went through the front door, that feeling of nausea was just gone. And now a word from our sponsors. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or six dollars a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Um, whoa. Yeah, so uh, another time, once the homeowners had decided they were moving, they had packed all their stuff up. Um, we in the group went back with the homeowner and with a priest and um, had, he was going to like bless the home and also kind of sit with us to investigate, which that was kind of cool. Um, are yeah, you familiar? Cool. Yeah. 
Are you familiar with what a scapular is with Catholicism? Yeah, well, I trained as as oh, Roman Catholic right. clergy yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. went Episcopal. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have this scapular that I always carry around with me. Um, it's got on one of them, it's got St. Michael. On the other side, it has uh, the labarum, the Cairo symbol, the, uh, the P and the X, uh, or the sign of Constantine, I think it's also called. Um, it's also, so, it's, what, it's what inspired the RX on med medical bottles. That's what the RX is on medical bottles. It's the Cairo. Oh, neat. That's, what, that's why they use that symbol. It's Jesus' name on every pharmaceutical bottle. Oh, yay. Yeah, I learned yeah. something new. That's, that's, so that's, cool. where the, that's, what, that's what the RX is. It's Cairo. Uh, see, that's why I love you. I learned so much. <laughs> oh, I love you too, dude. Thank you. That's also why so, I, I am a tell me more about of... so this demon thing is kind of terrifying. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so we're there and there's no furniture. So we're sitting on the floor in the dark again, as you do. And at this point, I'm a little bit concerned, right? Because I already have the impression that whatever is in here is not, ni not nice. And yeah, it is possible that you can. I mean, this, uh, this, yeah, yeah. I've so, encountered my share, and it's just, you know, it is what it is. You don't want to think yeah. So I, uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm visualizing that that labyrinth symbol, that Cairo symbol, and I'm visualizing and projecting it around everyone here in the room as sort of like a form of protection or whatever, including myself. Um, the person, or I think it was Montegan, uh, who had the parabolic mic, he heard it say Constantine. And um, obviously, he didn't know what I was doing. I had it in my hand. My eyes were closed. I'm visualizing it. It's in the dark. Um, and I'm not speaking out loud or anything. So he didn't know what that meant. And he said, oh, Constantine, that was a cool movie. Like, I liked it. And then he heard it say, it's not going to work. Um, so then... And once I heard that in my head, I had said, fuck you. Yes, it is. Um, as sort of, I don't know, my, my own little challenge there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, after that, the group wanted to continue going back to this home to keep investigating because, you know, so much evidence, so much experiences they were having. At that point, I was like, hey, like, I, I'm, I'm good. Uh, you know, we've experienced enough. I've I do this out of the curiosity if there's more to life as I know it. And, you know, I'm learning a lot. There's a lot of experience that I'm getting. I'm, I'm fine. I don't have to go back to this place. So they go. I stay behind in my hometown. And I'm actually in line inside of a, um, a fast food place called Whataburger. If any of y'all in any parts of the world have a chance to be in the South, and if you get to a fast food place called Whataburger, highly recommend delicious burgers. <laughs> Any case, <laughs> um, as I'm in line waiting for my turn to order my food, it feels like a spider web just hits me in my face. So I'm acting like a crazy person all of a sudden, just like yanking my glasses off and pulling at my face, making these like <laughs> noises, um, trying to get whatever spider web hit me in the face off my face. Um, which I don't actually grab anything. There's nothing tangible in my hands that looked like it was a spider web, but it felt like it hit all over my face and there, who knows what spider was in my hair or whatever. Um, but first thing that came to mind, um, intuition was the group. So uh, right after that happened, I got on the phone and I called them 
and they answered and again their energy was elevated they were heightened they were like oh my god oh my god david 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 and they said that right before i called um they saw it in the kitchen it was like this shadow form of a person and it started walking or moving towards them so they all got scared and, and ran out and bolted um and I guess it was at the exact same time that I had felt that spider web hit me in the face and I called them like immediately after they had saw that. So who knows? Um, I you know can't tell you, but um, I've had plenty of experiences to where my skeptical mind, I'm watching as it's happening, even in my own apartment, I'm watching the doors on my washer dryer connection um, shaking like there's someone on the other side shaking them and i'm standing there watching as it's happening trying to think like okay what are all the possible things that be, could be causing that like do i have rats or i don't have a washer dryer there's just a broom and some junk in there so i go and i open them and obviously there's nothing there so um used to have dreams of shadow people in that apartment so i don't know if that was something that i brought with me from one of my investigations or if it was something that was already there in that apartment but yeah i and i can say this even as a skeptical person there's definitely something else going on in this world the paranormal that we just haven't quite figured out yet um yeah maybe when we do do a part two of this we can get one of the the hellier folks yes on, on to come talk i'm sure we can do that so yeah because yeah. you know i would Thanks love for to hear taking the time for sure thank you thank you for having me on um i would love to hear experiences from um people on the spiritual side of things on 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 the the, the magical side the ritual side um because i'm curious you know like is there a difference between the kind of spirits that we encounter when we're paranormal investigating as opposed to the ones that maybe we're calling upon for guidance or assistance like um is there like an intelligence difference or who knows what i would love i'm so fascinated by that too yeah so to be continued um thanks very much uh david uh how should we uh we'll link your D, &D group and i'll yeah we'll, okay. we'll do all that yeah okay I, I don't know what i'm saying it's uh it's been a long week, but um, I'm really yeah. glad we did this. this. is cool. I think uh, we got to talk more about this, and I'll keep educating myself in the field because I've never watched like ghost videos before, like real life ones or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been checking out Hellier, and yeah. So you know, I'm gonna educate myself slowly as I continue to. I'm doing uh, Jason Newcomb's 30 Day Grimoire Modern Magic or Modern Grimoire Magic thing starting the 16th mm -hmm. i'm doing it so anyone who wants to do that as well because that's the really something i'm really diving into spirits on in a, in a different version some in some ways than i have in the past and so more more info on that to come for anyone interested in diving into grimoires a bit with me um, i'd be down for that um yeah and i'll, I'll do like at, at the end of every week like it's 30 days of lessons that drops so you have to do them each day or whatever um i did i did the enochian and goetic master class with ash and chasan and erling Chalos, and it was great uh those were great because they that well i i was approaching them just to widen my knowledge of different versions and varieties of practices but what you also get in them is you know a, a sort of a survey it's not just it's not just a master class it's a, it's a survey but also 
anytime you're you're listening to people like that with those depths of experience like Stenwick in Enochian, mm-hmm. you're gonna pick up beginner stuff and master stuff. You're gonna pick up stuff across the spectrum. Usually with things like that, you pick up stuff based on where your understanding is at. If it's done well, then if people know their shit. So uh, yeah, grimoires is going to be, and the interesting thing about grimoires and Enochian and Goetia is like they're, they really are in a large way, even Enochian in a large way outside the golden dawn system. Um, and that's, what's cool about them is, is you can, you can begin your, your, you can start looking into them whenever you want. Like if you want to do Enochian magic outside of the golden dawn system, the, the, the Aaron Leech's approach to the pure D purest way, D it sets out a whole almost self-initiation process to initiate yourself into doing Enochian magic. And after hearing Aaron Leech's um, approach to that pure, how D would do it from someone who also, I know knows the golden dawn Enochian magic as well as I do at least, mm-hmm. right. Probably maybe even better. Um, but either way, we practice that a lot. So we love it. He loves it. But he also has this John D way of doing it. It seemed to me that would even make more sense for people to do it that way, unless they were going through the Golden Dawn initiatory or spiritual system, right? Because it's a direct way to just jump into Enochian magic in a safe and controlled fashion with a tried and true system without wreaking havoc or summoning demons, right? <laughs> so that's what's cool about, about that, that safety. stuff <laughs> and that's that's why i'm like sharing um jason's stuff uh because i don't want to have to teach the basics of that stuff to anyone ever again and so he's <laughs> i've had to do that enough and uh it's great to be able to just have people get a bunch of like common knowledge and, and move from there as 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 it is with most of us who have been doing this all our lives, right? That we've got all this common yeah. knowledge. So it's very easy for us to, I can just call someone up or write to someone and be like, yo, do you know what this thing that's obscure to most people, but that they actually have a, as wide a possible variety of knowledge on. And, and that's the strength that we were talking about earlier before we decided to do this about uh, mm-hmm. traditions and communicating across them, but also strengthening their knowledge within them. So I'm excited yeah. to do grimoires because that intersects with spirits. That's a very long way, as I always love to do, <laughs> of saying that the the ghost thing is more interesting to me now. The more I look at spirits as opposed, like grimoire evocation, grimoire mm-hmm. evocation, as opposed to the Enochian systems and uh, the other systems that I've focused on, like versions of Shemwork and stuff. But you can do all of that within a full grimoire context. And I always do love working with the triangle and, and, and stuff, right? And I have so, to say, yeah. too, like, I am super loving um, Ashen Ch- Chesson. Oh, God, I'm, I'm going to butcher that name. I already know it. Ashy Chassi. Yeah. <laughs> um, his gateway Ashen through Chassan. light and shadow. Ashen Chesson. Yeah, you, you, you jumped into his second book first before the first one, which uh, yeah. is interesting. I need to, yeah, I will get it. And I'm, I, I think I mentioned before, I'm a huge partial fan to hardcover so if i can find an affordable version hardcover of the first book you can't you can't they don't exist they're all okay there's only the the hard to find expensive one but you should get the soft cover of his first book because Will his do. stuff on his, his you know especially if you haven't mastered things like scrying then mm-hmm. then like even like he has good insights even for those who were naturally good at it and have mastered it he he knows it so well that even if you think you know everything you're going to get a few more insights and perspectives from it and that's the kind of thing i really look for um, do you consider tarot reading as scrying no scrying scrying tarot readings are using cards and reading mm-hmm. what the images say scrying okay. is all about 
going beyond the image, using the images as doorways into subtler realms. Well, I mean, that's kind of, well, okay, I'm, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but here, but yeah, when I do my tarot readings, um, it's it's mostly intuition-based. I use the images, sure. but past that, right? Move past that to see what else are you getting. So sometimes- Yeah, a lot of tarot readers do involve some level of scrying occasionally mm -hmm. when it comes to um, a tarot thing, but usually like full-on scrying usually can make it hard to, you know, move, let alone talk to someone. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. It I depends how, 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 how much of your, you know, sphere is out, out of you. Right. And you'll, yeah. So, but yeah, there's, uh, I mean, tarot, tarot engages all of our psychic faculties. I think, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing the truth of God through, through names and images. Um, it's a fascinating, I think, mixture of things like channeling, intuition, scrying, absolutely All, um, and and sort of cosmic storytelling it's a divination is fascinating as a skeptic again it's been a ride for the for many years that i've been doing tarot readings to where i ha i've really doubted myself because it's like am i really from what everyone's telling me oh you're hitting the nail on the head you're hitting the nail on the head i'm like am i though so at some point i had to kind of just accept the fact that yes i am reading more into besides just from what the person across from me, what their face is saying or whatever, I'm, things popping in my head and I'm just saying what's coming to my head and their eyes are widening. Like, how in the hell would you know that? And I'm like, okay, cool. I like those little validations. And it further proves to me that there is more to this world than, than we quite have. Well, you can, of, you, know. you can astral travel into someone's dreams. So obviously, yeah. you, know, you can you know, enter a group mind space and pick thoughts from their heads or yeah. or however you do it there's a lot like i said there's a lot going on Divin that's why divination really is its own sort of art form whereas scrying is not a general category it's a technique that you then use in within different disciplines whereas divination is a whole discipline unto itself scrying is a technique pathworking is a technique you know love it love it's it, awesome to be continued, my friend, mon frere. Yeah. From Canada to Texas, Corpus Christi person, we are saying very, very good night and lock your children in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> well, same to you. I love our talks. Absolutely love them. Adore them. Um, and I hope you have a great night and howdy to you next time I see you. Yeah, I'll uh, talk to you soon. I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk outside of this soon. And see you okay. Sunday. Bye, oh, people. Yeah, for sure. Bye. Yeah. Bye, y'all. Ciao. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. 
That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now, hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk.